I've got a little bit of extra time on the front and back end um, to put in the intro. But the main thing, I was going over your Google Doc this morning, which I think is really great. I love the Codejourners. Am I saying that right? Okay, um, that book and how it's got the Explorer Guide Builder Mentor. And so I think um, after we kind of do the back and forth of what you do, you know, how you grew up and stuff like that, I think really kind of honing in on that for a while and talking through the steps. Um, the main thing to remember is that it's a conversation. So I'll probably right. like jive in with more questions, you know, um, it's a back and forth kind of thing. And so more so than an interview, we want it to act right. and be like, you know, people are at the table kind of talking about these things. So, um, okay. So yeah. So with that, yeah, I think that will be great to go into some of that, but the, um, the thing with the women's leadership initiative is that the first part of it, we cover practical Christian living, which also has a lot of things in it that are really important to what we do. Okay. So maybe if we can sort of hit on both of those, um, and that's in the first part of the cohort, right? The right. The first semester we do practical Christian living because that really gives them the foundation of of how to walk with God and how to help other people to walk with God. Okay. So, you know, we really focus on, OK, it's great if you know these principles, but if you can't in a, in a simple way know how to help someone else, then you can't multiply your life. And I yeah. think that's where we stop a lot of times is we want to teach things, but we don't give people resources to help them take the next step. OK, perfect. I think even just based on our last, you know, our phone conversation, it, it just naturally comes out of you, some of those practical things. And so okay. I say just talk and then I might kind of like come in and be like, OK, well, wait, what do you mean about that? Or okay. how would you approach this? And I'll just kind of throw at you like some of those more questions. But okay. let's talk about the personal development kind of first off in the cohort and how it started. And then we'll go into the co-journers and then the, the steps there kind of thing. But I think you've got so much practical like wisdom, um, that it's just going to kind of naturally come out because that's what you're talking about. You know, like that's okay. what you're leading women through. So I think it'll be, it, it's going to be great. Um, okay. and I want to make sure that I'm saying your name, right. It's Elisa Bentley. That's right. Elisa. Elisa. Okay. Elisa. <laughs> I do that's not want right. to say Alyssa. I, I know, know it's Elisa. And so I've like, <laughs> keep putting it in my head and I'm so bad. Like, you, you know, you wouldn't be the first person, but yes, it's just Lisa with uh, in front of it. Alisa. Uh, Lisa. Okay. Uh -huh. Very good. All right. Well, do you have any questions before we get started? Nope. I think I'm good. Nope. Okay. All right. Let me get these. Just try to be mindful, like any kind of clicking or anything like that shows up on the podcast with you kind of scrolling through your document and stuff. So just giving you a heads up there. But other than that, you sound really great. So I think it's going to be good. Okay. All righty. Here we go. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Table. My name is Jackie, and as always, I'm so excited that you're joining me today for the conversation of women and leadership in the SBC. We are about two months into this podcast, and I love just all of the back and forth and how women are getting to connect all over the planet with missionaries, with social media marketing people, with people in the workplace, people in churches and doing local ministry. And this morning, I have the privilege of introducing you to a new friend, that I've got to get connected with named Elisa Bentley. Say hey, Elisa. Hi, thank you, Jackie, so much for having me today. <laughs> Where are you talking to us from? Where are you at? I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
All right. We were talking before the show started recording about how we just had like a monsoon come through central Arkansas last night. Um, and I'm also kind of curious, have y'all had the pollen ocalypse that has con- like kind of hit our country to where everything is yellow? Has that been happening in North Carolina? Oh, yes. Everything is totally green. Been green at my house. Lots of people with allergies, and we are bracing for those storms tomorrow. So, unfortunately, you're sending them our way. I'm so sorry. Hopefully, our mountains and stuff kind of like eased them up a bit to where it's not going to hit you as bad because it was pretty, it ripped through right at 2 a.m. You know, that's when all the storms seem to hit, is right in the middle of that REM cycle. <laughs> of course, of course, it always does. Well, hey, tell me a little bit about you and how you are connected to the SBC and growing up and just a little bit of your story. How did it get started? Well, I am from North Carolina. I grew up in Durham and I am an SBC PK, preacher's kid. So I've um, definitely grown up in the SBC in more ways than you would probably even care to know, but it was... um, really a joy for me, not always easy, but really a joy for me to be a preacher's kid and to be able to really witness um, up close and personal how my father lived out his life as a pastor that wasn't just about the SBC, but really modeled for me a picture of kingdom partnership. Hmm. So that was really a privilege growing up and one I really didn't understand as much uh, until I got older, um, but really fun. Very cool. And your mom, she is kind of um, the SBC girl too. Tell me a little bit about her and just the example that she set for you. Yes. So not only was my dad the pastor of the church, but my mom was on staff at the church as well. When I was younger, she directed the music uh, program. And as I got older, um, we moved to a different church in Gastonia um, at Parkwood Baptist Church. And she was directed all the education and Sunday school work. So, yeah, I really had a picture of what it looked like, not just partnership outside the SBC, because one thing with my father, he helped to launch the Chapel Hill Bible Church with another pastor uh, named Ed Henniger, who was pastoring a Presbyterian church. So I really saw a partnership, a picture of partnership with that. But my mom also just being on staff at the church and seeing how men and women could lead together. Mm. Uh, was really a great picture and a gift to me. So how, especially with them working together, because that's um, definitely a context that obviously me and my husband, you know, we work together, we're working on staff in a local church, even just that as a model for you growing up, how did that really kind of encourage you as you grew and as you even started to kind of walk out your lane in ministry and and your call in ministry? And more specifically with your mom, how did that really kind of set the tone for you as you viewed the church and ministry? Right. So again, I didn't really understand when I was growing up the significance of it. But looking back, what I see now is that my parents really modeled for me that we all have access to the same spiritual gifts and each Mm -hmm. one of us has a calling. And it's really from that that we can really learn and grow and flourish and who we are and how God made us. And so that's had a a really significant impact on my life and, and what I do today and how I live out my faith and my ministry and my calling in a positive aspect in, in many ways. 
I think that's so encouraging for us, especially that our parents, you know, and we're bringing up our kids, obviously, um, and we're trying to model just what a Christian looks like, somebody that engages culture and takes the gospel into culture and into leadership as we lead in various ways and stuff. And so I love that your story starts with both of your parents. You know, I think so oftentimes it ends up just with one, you know, um, or whatever. And so I think just that model ship that you got and that, um, just encouragement from both of them is really cool, especially coming from a place of where I didn't really feel like I had that, you know, ahead of me growing Mm -hmm. up. And so I just, I love that part of your story. And I think that's a big part of where you are today, obviously. Um, So tell me a little bit, kind of fast forward a bit. um, Tell me about college, marriage, kids, all of that. Right. So again, the picture that I had growing up with this partnership, leadership, living out your gifts and callings, I, um, I really saw that sharing your faith was something that was just part of who you were as a, as a believer. I was taught to share my faith uh, through the four spiritual laws that was with Campus Crusade for Christ crew, which is a big part of my story as well. Mm-hmm. When I was in the sixth grade and used to go do that at the mall with some friends doing surveys. In seventh grade, I can remember my father saying, hey, Elise, I want you to find someone you can disciple that you can pour your life into. And so those principles of really evangelism, discipleship, partnership are just things that I thought that that's what you do as a believer. And so as I got older, I went to college, actually went to a a small Baptist school, uh, participated in the first ever witness group with the Baptist State Convention, which was a group that went across the state doing uh, music concerts. I majored in music at first in college. And evangelism training. So that was a lot of fun. Did youth corps through the Baptist when I was in college. Again, these things I thought, okay, this is what you can do as a woman. Like no one ever told me I wasn't allowed to do that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. but I just thought that's what you do. You, you lead, you live out your calling. And so when I graduated from college, I really wanted to go into full-time Christian work. I felt like that's what God was calling me to do. And I felt like that crew Uh, Campus Crusade for Christ crew was a great place to live out what I had been taught really my whole life about evangelism and discipleship. And that is what that that's what crew does. So after a few years of doing that single, I met my husband, Kevin, and he had been in business for a while. So we actually came on staff with crew as with the business part of the city ministry with crew. And I've been on staff for 33 years. And let's see, what else is important about me? Well, I'm the mother of three kids. My daughter, Allison's married to Jimmy and has my first granddaughter, granddaughter Lily Mae. So that's very important. Um, and then I have Mark, who is married to a dear girl, Jamie. And then my son, Luke, is getting ready to graduate from college. So exciting. And you have your second grandbaby on the way, a little boy. So very, very excited about that. So, okay. You and I kind of got connected on this whole leadership cohort that you are just like busting through the seams with in Raleigh, North Carolina, right? Um, And so I want to kind of talk a little bit about first how that got set up, how that really kind of got birthed and started in North Carolina. But then I also would love to just talk through some practical things of what that cohort look like? So can we start off with just how did this birth within you and how did it come about happening? Yeah. So 
again, the whole thing with women leadership is so near and dear to my heart from my model growing up. But the other part of my story is that as I got older and started leading in various ways, I saw that not everyone had the same picture of women leading as I saw growing up. Hmm, So my journey as a woman leader is not uh, one that I would, um, has always been positive. And I just say that to say, I know that that's the case for a lot of women leading. And um, I would love to be able to sit down and have a coffee with you, with coffee with you and just talk with you individually about that because there has been a lot of pain and struggle with that as as I've been on my leadership journey. And that would be true of everyone of course, but you know, as a woman, there are some specific things that you may deal with, especially in our culture. And especially if you have a framework or a theology of a complementarian, which I would be that you believe that there are biblical roles with men serving as pastors and spiritual leaders in the home. And yet you see that you have these gifts and wirings as a leader, and you want to see those avenues and pathways to be able to do so. So that's sort of where I found myself. Um, Another part of that was that I talked to a lot of women now that I'm in my fifties and have, you know, raised my family. And I talked to a lot of women who've raised their families and they are looking for what's next for them. And they say to me, I don't really know what my gifts and strengths are. I don't really know where to go with that. And to me, that's really, it's really sad because God made them and they have gifts and abilities. And so I wanted to be able to say, oh, wow. What if you started when you were younger, really being able to be developed? How would that have looked different? Um, And just wishing that I'd had someone to be able to intentionally develop me and leadership gifts more when I was younger. So that's sort of how it started. The next sort of phase for that was a couple of years ago, because I was moving into different leadership positions with crew and and had increased responsibility and... um, oversight of where I was, I was really looking for other women who could share in that with me. So I started uh, with a friend, um, a leadership cohort a couple years ago with some other women about my age who, who lead in different sectors and different places in our city. And that has been such a gift to us because we're able to speak into each other's lives, to challenge one another We've been able to do personal development plans and challenge each other on it. We've talked about personal leadership values and our brand, and we've walked through struggles with each other. So that was such a gift to me that I started thinking, okay, how can I take this and put these things together to be able to help women live out their calling as they're older, to help young women be able to grow in that and sort of put those things together. So that's the background of how the Women's Leadership Initiative in Raleigh was born. Okay, so now tell me, because I'm curious, um, whenever you say that you got leaderships from all over your city, like what does that look like? Are they in the workplace? Are they in the church? Is it just kind of a modge podge? Like what does that group look like? So yes, so for the women's leadership group that I have that are women my age, Um, I asked some women that some I knew well and some that I was just getting getting to know, but they all had a position of leadership and I could tell they were leading well. Hmm. And so it's been just a gift to us because we are different races. Um, We, one woman is a lawyer in town. One woman leads a nonprofit. One woman, one, one woman has her own business. Another one leads with crew with me. 
And so we're just from different walks of life. And it's very interesting because we meet once a month for two hours. And sometimes we won't see each other outside of that time. But because we're so like-minded in what we're doing, it's been a really safe place for us to be able to process and challenge one another. Mm -hmm. And I think if they were on the call with us, that each one of them would say that they were have been propelled in their leadership and to trust God and to do things that only really God can do because of our group. Yeah. So it's been really, really great. Well, even just the beauty of different perspectives, you know, you've got an entrepreneur, a business owner, a lawyer, you know, I mean, who doesn't want a lawyer in their, in their small group, right? <laughs> um, and so even just the different backgrounds, um, not only just on top of how you grow up, you know, church background, those kind of things, um, but that you're able to bring that into a small group, all of that diversity, and then learn and soak up all of the different um, strengths from one another, you know, but then I think also more than likely there's a lot of camaraderie and some of your weaknesses as well, you know, and just not knowing what to do in certain situations and, and having others being able to speak into that. So I just, I oh, love, yeah. <laughs> love again, that's the whole reason we are doing this podcast. It's the whole reason we're doing this network is because we are better together, you know, like we are able to, right. um, strengthen one another and encourage one another and come alongside one another that if we didn't, like we would just be lost. And I think that's where so many women have felt for so long in their leadership journey. So, okay. so yeah. cool. Right. Okay, and so, I think, oh, well, I was going to say with that, I, I continue to talk to women that are like, oh, can I come and just sit in your group? Can I be a part of your group? We've really seen that five people is a good number or else we run out of time and we don't have time to talk. Yeah. But, um, but I really love helping women start their own groups like that. And I've seen, I have seen there's a real need for it. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to get into the nitty gritty of what this thing looks like. Cause I think, um, I have that question. I'm sure our listeners have this question of like, okay, this sounds really cool. How do I do that? So you kind of have two different semesters with two different emphasis. And the first, um, semester, you're really trying to work on that personal spiritual development. So let's talk about that first. What kind of things do you tackle for the individual in that first semester and just what it looks like to be a Christian, what it looks like to follow Jesus? and then how leadership really presses into that. Yes. So first I need to give a point of clarification because that what I just described to you is the group that I have that are women my age. That was the, the, the start of what we launched this year called, called the Women's Leadership Initiative. So what we do with that is there are three different components involved in it. Um, one is that we really wanted women um, – who are older, who are leading, and a lot of times leading in business and other aspects in our city, but they love Jesus and they're involved in the church and they'd like to be able to connect what they know about leadership to women in the church. We wanted to be able to expose young leaders in their 20s and 30s to those type of leaders. So that was the first sort of um, principle that we wanted to see. Mm -hmm. The second one is that we wanted to provide this leadership cohort that I described to you um, just described to you with the, the women my age, we wanted to provide that for these younger 20 and 30 year old leaders so that they could really sharpen one another and speak into each other's lives. And then the third thing is that we wanted them to have the tools and resources to be able to multiply their life into other people. So in other words, that's what God's really called us to do. He's called us to, to disciple and to be on mission with him. And so we wanted these women to be able to not just know, okay, I know how to walk with God. I know how to do these things, 
but how do I explain that to someone else? And how do I take what I've learned and to be able to really multiply it into my workplace and to where I live and just my social context? Okay. So that's sort of the premise of what that is. So can you give kind of a specific example of what does that look like? Like how, how are you coaching them to be able to take their story and then use it personally to engage other women? Right. So how we have the setup is it's a nine month initiative and each month we meet together as a group. Um, and that's where we invite a woman leader to come in and speak on a specific topic. And the topics that we ask them to speak on are ones that we've sort of already outlined. Our goal with this is that we wanted to provide a place where they could learn things they may not get other places. Mm. So in other words, in my context, living in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm a member of the Summit Church. A lot of these women that are involved are members of the Summit Church or Imago Day or other churches in town. And so the gospel-centered life is something that they're, they're hearing every week at church. So that's not something that we were going to specifically cover because they were getting that somewhere somewhere else or Bible study methods. We wanted to sort of take it to a, a different place to really focus more on the leadership aspect. So the first semester is around personal and spiritual growth. And we've had leaders that have come in on these monthly monthly times to talk about things like authentic leadership. We've had someone come in and talk about strength finders and core clarity, and each woman has been able to take the strength finder assessment and see how it applies to their life. We've talked about generosity and hospitality. And so, for example, with that, the woman who sp spoke on generosity, she is very involved with the organization called Generous Giving. And she and her husband are very involved with nonprofits. In fact, they give half of their income away. And so we've tried to invite women who this is their sweet spot to come and talk about these topics. The second semester, we moved more into mission and outreach. And so we've talked about things like how to be hospitable and generous to people who aren't like you. So we started with just doing this in your home, but now we moved on to people who are not like you. And we've given them an opportunity to engage in a, a nonprofit in our city. We've talked about cities and why they, why they are important. So those are some of the things we moved into the second semester. And so the speaker would come in and speak. And then after that, we would have about an hour to an hour and a half for our women to, to engage in this leadership cohort, like I described earlier, as they engage around what they've heard and also really challenge and speak to each other. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it is centered around personal coaching. And we meet with them, the cohort leader meets with each girl once a month to go into personal coaching and talk about a personal development plan. And then we have these two discipleship materials that we use. So what are some of the questions or some of those steps that you kind of walk through in the development plan? Like, what does that look like? Right. So we, again, we want them to be able to have the gifts, I mean, the resources and the tools to be able to multiply their life into others. So the first semester, we use something called practical Christian living. Mm -hmm. And this is just a framework of discipleship to help people understand what it means to walk with God and then how to multiply that into other people. So we talk about things like the reliability of the scriptures and how do you know the Bible is true? 
we talk about how to know for sure you're a Christian. And that might seem like something that's simple, but my experience is I found that there are a lot of people in the church who've been in the church many, many years, and they really don't have that assurance of their salvation. Yeah. And then what happens is if you're not sure, that's going to be a real hindrance in you, you talking to someone else. But even if you are, the question is, do you know how to explain that to someone else? Mm. So with these girls, when we talk about this material, about assurance of salvation, or what does it mean to confess your sin? And what is the difference between your relationship with God and your fellowship with God? Um, how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, how to live your life in light of eternal um, priorities. And so these things we engage with them around are not just, do you know how to do this, but do you know how to help someone else know how to do this? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been really fun to really ask them hard questions. So for instance, they're at work and they say, Hey, you know, I'm a believer. I believe I'm a Christian and I'm really sincere about this, but your coworker says, well, that's really great, but I'm a Muslim and I'm really sincere about my faith too. What do you say? How do you engage with that? So that's the first part. Then we go the second semester into a book called Cojourners. And it's about how to go come alongside people to help get into spiritual conversations and to help them to know Christ and to follow him. Okay. So before we go into um, more of the specifics on the Cojourners, I'm, I'm curious, as you're doing this coaching with these young women um, and this whole kind of robust idea of making sure that they know how to share the gospel and how they know the role of the spirit. I mean, these seem kind of like not elementary, but pretty practical, like things that we all should have been learning, right? In church, have you found that they've ever been coached through this? Or is this kind of like a new thing for them? Like, what is their response as you're walking through this? Is it the first time that they've really been putting it together as a whole? And mm -hmm. um, what are you seeing in that? Yes, that's a great question. So many of the girls that are in my group um, were actually involved with crew in college or in some type of campus ministry. So these are girls that have been on summer mission. They've um, led a Bible study. They've shared the gospel. But as one of them said, you know, I was really trained in college and a lot of these principles, and I know how to share the gospel. What's more difficult for me is now that I'm out in the workplace to know how to translate what I've learned in college over into my professional life. Hmm, that's so, good. you know, a lot of times with us, you know, especially us in full-time ministry, you're like, well, this is my job. This is how I do it. And even in college, for some of them, they're like, I'm the Bible study leader. So this is what I do. It's different when you're out in the workplace and you're the low person on the totem pole. Hmm. And a lot of people are older than you and you're really, you know, the life is coming at you and you're just trying to figure out life, but yet you still want to be on mission. Right. So that is uh, really an important component of this leadership in initiative. Um, we are calling these women up to a pretty high bar. And so the ones who have agreed to be a part of it, and we just had a launch night Monday night to expand it for next year, but we're calling them up to a pretty high bar that we want them to, they've come into it saying, look, I want to live my life on mission. I want to be a leader. I want to grow. I want my life to count. Mm. I need more tools and resources to be able to do that. And it's really just coming alongside of them, journeying with them where they are and helping them take their next steps. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I really do think, at least in my engagement with women, I think they know um, a lot of these aspects, but it's just so fragmented in their minds, you know, and they don't, and they're not confident, I think. And I think with one of these um, cohorts and just having a group of women walking through these things together and having the accountability of your coach to where they're able to really take all of the fragments, I think, that are maybe kind of swirling around and little truths that we've picked up here and there along our journey. And you're putting it together in a place to where it's like, okay, this is a process. This is what mm. you can do. And then having the encouragement of like, you know this, you can do right. this. You know, and so many women, I think, are um, really plagued by just that insecurity or that mm -hmm. lack of confidence in knowing how to do things. And so even just that personal, hey, you can do this, you know, like right. you've learned, you've studied, you've you've jumped the high bar. Now go. And so. Um, I really yeah. want to make sure that we talk over these um, steps of the co-journer thing. So I'm going to jump real quick to that. So as you're talking about spiritual development, making sure that they're developing um, just personally their story, what the spirit is doing in their lives, then you have this resource that really walks them through how to engage conversation, how to engage and be intentional with time and um, time across the table, which I love. And um, so talk to me a little bit about what that process looks like in these steps. Yeah. So the co-journers book is really just a resource to be able to help people again, take that next step with the people that God has already placed in their life. So it operates on really the three um, principles or, you know, framework of this spiritual conversation. And the first thing is just that everyone is already on a spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. And so as, as we think about that, you know, they may be very far from God or they may be closer to God, but because of the way God has created us, he's created us for himself then we know that we are created for God. And so just to recognize that everyone is on a spiritual journey. The second thing is just to know that God is already at work around us. So uh, this isn't about us doing our plan and trying to, to really come in and save anyone or um, anything like that. It's not about us. It's really about what God is doing. Mm. Uh, we have a, a definition that we like to use of successful witnessing. And it just says that you take the initiative and the power of the Holy Spirit and you leave the results to God. Yeah. And I that. love that because mm -hmm. it is about that, um, that we take the initiative, but not in our own power. We take it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it's not on us. We really leave those results to God. But so as we recognize that everyone is on a spiritual journey, and then that God is the one who's already at work around us. And the third thing is that God desires to use us. Mm. And isn't that just a wonderful, awesome privilege that he's invited us to be a part of what he is doing. And again, going back to the leadership thing, it's like there are so many great resources for leadership and, and such, but I believe that if you don't, and I think the Bible teaches that the greatest way we can be on mission on, and to lead is to be on mission with God. In fact, I love uh, Henry Blackaby's definition of spiritual leader of leadership. And it just says that it's about moving people onto God's agenda. Mm. Um, and so, I, yeah, yeah, that that whole thing of co is really helping you to come alongside people. 
I love that. And so with the cojourners, you've got the different steps of, um, we talked about like the explorer, the guide, the builder, the mentor. Can you kind of quickly unpack what those steps are? Um, and maybe even like a story of how you've really seen this develop, um, maybe even in your own life or one of the ladies that you're mentoring. Um, can you kind of walk us through just practically what that looks like to come along somebody um, in their spiritual journey, no matter where they may be? Right, right. So the Explorer is the first one we talk about. And um, again, that's probably self-explanatory, but it's just helping people that are exploring, um, that you're coming alongside them, people who are really looking for answers in life. And one of the best ways that you can do that is asking good questions and listening. Mm -hmm. And that is something that a lot of us (laughs) can have trouble with. Um, It can be more about what we want to say and more about our agenda and trying to talk at someone, but really we just need to come alongside and understand where people are. And so the first part of the book gives some good practical questions that you can ask and ways that you can really enter into where someone is in their life. Um, The second part would be the builder. And so um, a builder you can think about a builder is building a bridge. And so when you think about that, you think about people who really have come across some things that really make it hard for them to want to take their next step with God. And so how can you enter into that and really help them build, help build a bridge for them to see maybe some things they're missing. And so some resources we talk about that are, maybe some apologetics, some ways that you can give answers to maybe some hard questions. There's also some websites we have. One of the websites that Crew has is called everyperson.com. And it's a great place where you can explore or a person can explore a lot of different articles about the hard questions of life and even talk to someone about having a personal relationship with God. Another aspect would be the guide. And so, okay, somebody really wants to be able to um, know Christ. There's like, yeah, tell me. Um, I can remember one time my husband was having lunch with someone and he really wanted to share the gospel with them. And so he was looking for an opportunity and he had just taken the first bite of the sandwich and the person looked at me and he says, so, okay, can you tell me this about this personal relationship with God thing? Like, how do I become a Christian? <laughs> so you're like, okay, sure. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes people are like, they're ready. So how do you guide them? Do you hmm. know how to share the gospel in a succinct way? It's not about having a, a certain um, thing that's the best way. It's about being able to present the gospel in a simple way that helps someone understand what it means to know God and then it, and then how to make a decision. Because a lot of times we can talk about the gospel, but we don't really know how to bring a person to a point of decision so they can take that next step. So we give some ways for that and also um, some resources for people to be able to share their testimony and how to do that in a simple way. So that's the explorer, the guide, the builder. The last one would be the mentor. So this person has just become a Christian. I know at our church, again, I'm at the Summit Church and Of course, Who's Your One is a very big initiative that we are a part of right now. And it's very exciting to see um, the girls. Some of the girls in my group are really even talking about that and people that they are intentionally entering into their life and inviting to church as well. 
But what if someone becomes a Christian? How do you help them take that next step? And so we give them resource, resources for that. In fact, we have a four-week thing called Your Life in Christ. And it's a real simple way to be able to sit down with someone and to be able to go through the basics of assurance of salvation. What does it mean to walk with God? How do you walk in the power of the Spirit? The importance of finding a church and getting in good community. And so what I really love about these these papers or this Your Life in Christ is each one is a, a sheet of paper that stands on its own. And it even has a leader's guide. And so it's very simple to be able to come along someone and help them to be able to do that. And for our girls, that's one of the pathways for leadership. We're really looking for them as they leave this cohort is what would it be like for, again, at our church, someone's become a Christian. They're not really sure how to help them um, mentor them and help them walk in, in their relationship with God. So our girls would be available to say, hey, your person just came to Christ. Let me meet with, the, with you and her um, and sit down and walk through this. And so not only would they be able to mentor or be involved in the new Christian's life, they would be able to help the person who brought their friend to Christ grow in discipleship skills as well. Hmm. I love that. And I think I'm really just being challenged in the idea. You know, I think as women and just in general with leadership, there's so much of the conversation that is, um, you know, how do you hit the quota? How do you make sure that you're managing your team? How do you, uh, you know, work men and women together? You know, and all of those things that really tend to drive this conversation. And I think those are good things that we need to talk about. But I think what I'm reminded just in our chat today is that, Ultimately, we're here <laughs> to be agents of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And that that I just taught last night in Bible study to our women, um, Paul in Philippians chapter 127, just the one thing that you would be worthy of the gospel and that you would advance mm-hmm. it forward. And yeah. so I love that you're really kind of bringing back for all of us just this charge of, hey, you may have a place of influence. You may be leading, you know, all kinds of amazing things. And again, are you doing the basics of teaching people the Bible? Are you being faithful and sharing the gospel and knowing how to bring people along this spiritual journey? Are you listening well? Are you having intentional conversations? And so I think that's such a good reminder, at least for me right now, you know, like I think it's so easy to get caught up in the I need to make sure that I'm developing all of the traits, you know, and the weaknesses and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, when we're laying our head down on our pillow, it's, Mm -hmm. did you share the gospel with that person that God put in front of you, right? Um, Did you uh, listen and and maybe be that piece of grace and that love and that truth that that person needed to hear because they are against the the church and they have hurt and pain there. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just such a good reminder for us. And it makes me kind of want to close out on something that we talked about Um, from the book. There is this uh, statistic that you have to where um, it said that over 80% of people will be willing to have a conversation if you use the phrase, sometime I'd love to grab coffee with you and hear your story. So um, talk to me a little bit about that and the power of the quote unquote sometime. Yeah. So yes, we love, we love this. It's called the power of sometime. And the thing is a lot of times in our Christian culture, we can be centered on events. And what we want to do is like, okay, let's bring them to church. Let's bring them to an event so they can hear the gospel. But that's not really where our culture is today. Mm-hmm. And so, what, you know, what we're trying to say is let's move from events to conversations. What is it like to really have a conversation with someone 
and to not be about your agenda or trying to tell something, but you're really about listening and hearing their story. And the whole thing with sometime, it sort of just diffuses the situation and it, it doesn't put someone on the spot to be able to do it right here and now. Um, but a lot of times that's how they'll respond. So I saw this recently play out a couple of weeks ago. I was at the mall with my granddaughter and we were strolling around in a toy, toy store and there wasn't really anyone in there except for the person who worked there. So I developed a conversation with her. And again, it's being willing to look around and, and to know, okay, everyone's on a spiritual journey. God is the one who's already at work. He desires to use you. How are you going to know that? But by entering into conversations with people. So I was able to strike up this conversation with this person. And we talked back and forth about different things. And I found out that she owned the toy store and that she hadn't lived in our town very long. And so I asked her, do you know many people? Do you have much community? And she's like, well, I'm sort of just starting to get to know people. And I said, hey, sometime I'd love to grab coffee and hear your story. And she said, I'd love that. And mm -hmm. she went over and she got her card and she wrote her cell phone number on it. So we haven't gotten together yet. We are actually still back and forth. Um, I've been traveling a lot and she's had a couple of crises at work. But it's just the thing that she wants to meet and she wants. To, and so my heart is not to see her as a project or something to be one. Yeah. But it's a person who's created in the image of God, mm -hmm. who has dignity and worth who God has a plan and a purpose for her life and has equipped her with gifts and abilities that, and has made her special the way she is. And if I can be a conduit or a catalyst to be able to enter into that, then I, that's just what I want to do. Yeah. It's up to God, what he wants to do with that. But my, my desire is just to say, God, I want to have a heart of surrender. I want to be able to be used you know, where you want me to go. And so it is, it's very exciting. And it, it's funny because I've shared this with several people late, lately and even a friend who's a doctor friend, he's a, well, he's an ophthalmologist. And he said, I've been using that power of some time at work. And, and he said, <laughs> and people have really been talking to me and my staff is like, okay, we may have to, we may have to cut out the question of sometime right now. But yeah, it, it works really easily. And I would just challenge the listeners, just try it, the power of sometime. I love that. The power of sometime. A lot of times um, with my women, I call it the ministry of coffee. You can get a lot done over a cup of coffee. And so um, just hearing people's stories, being intentional, seeing people on a planet where people feel invisible. I think there's just so much goodness and simplicity to that. So I hope this week, as you've listened to our conversation at the table today, that you will maybe take the challenge of asking just one person this week. And um, maybe it's a chick at Target or it's <laughs> the guy at work or whoever, and um, that you would use that power of sometime and say, hey, I'd love to get to know your story sometime and mm, just see where yeah. it goes. And then maybe mm -hmm. tell us, you know, let us know online um, yeah. how God used the power of sometime in your story. So mm -hmm. that we are out of time and I have so many other questions for you, <laughs> but I just want to thank you so much just for sharing your story, sharing your passion. I'm going to make sure to put your connection points in the show notes to where people are able to connect with you. Awesome. And I highly encourage you you. Elisa is just full of so much good practical knowledge of how to maybe start up one of these cohorts in your own city, in your own town, what resources that she uses. She is happy to pass them along. I've already got them. And so, um, 
I really encourage you to reach out to her and just use her as a source of wisdom and encouragement. So Alisa, thank you again so much for being with us today. Thank you, Jackie. I love what you're doing and I love what the SBC Leadership Network is doing. So thanks so much. Oh, we are so glad you're a part of our tribe. And as always, we want to thank the CSB, our sponsors, for making this chat available to everyone. And we hope that you will join us next week on At the Table.